be on as well here in a little while as we get you ready for another big week in a high school football and our first live action with college football coming up this week. I know, Cam, this is a, what I like to call a degenerate slate because outside of people who just really, really love college football, the only people who are going to be watching the games this week are people who have money on it. So I'm excited to talk about that, but I'm more excited to talk to our next guest, the one, the only, I'm assuming on location, uh, if I'm, I'm checking the video out right, from W... I'm in our carport. You're in your carport. So yeah, on location, I guess, is this reporting or did we just catch you at a bad time? Lindsey Goff joining us here on Second Down. W what's going uh, on? I just, I stepped out of the office because it's very chaotic in the middle of the day, so... I have a hard time focusing, so I stepped outside so that I could, you know, listen to one thing at a time. That's fair. Again, from <laughs> give, give you guys my undivided attention. We, we appreciate it. Again, from WTOC, Lindsey Goff here on Second Down. I had so much I wanted to talk to you about today. Obviously, high school football uh, is on the docket, and we have a lot of, I guess, we got to be careful with the words, cancellations and postponements. Postponements. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of different qualifiers in there. Uh, and so I do want to dive into that. Lindsay, for those of you who don't know out there, is a big Kentucky football fan. So we'll dive into that and why, you know, I think the ceiling for Kentucky this year is probably second place uh, in the SEC East. So we'll, uh, we'll get her opinion on that. Uh, but I want to start here because just texting last night to book this, I came across a startling fact. You have already dove headfirst into pumpkin season, and it's still like 90 to 100 degrees outside. It, ice. I, it seems it seems a little early to me. They wouldn't give it to me ice if they didn't want me to drink it now. So at what point right. do we just go 365? Again, we're talking about like the Starbucks I pumpkin I cold brew. I buy enough like pumpkin K-cups to last me all year. So I do go 365. Well, you frankly. go, but I'm just like asking like when when do we just get to the Starbucks point where they just go 365? I would love that. And Duncan they came out with theirs like a week and a half ago, so I've already been on the stream. Is this just like NFL preseason and pumpkin coincide with each other? Yeah. Like, to me, football season and pumpkin spice season are like one and the same. So I start covering football. I start drinking pumpkin spice. It's my fuel. I mean, Cam, I'll say this. Uh, they're, not good. <laughs> they're not good for you at all, but I love a pumpkin spice latte. Like, big PSL fan. How, what is your feeling on just pumpkins in general? I mean, they're cool, but I don't drink. Like, like, like the actual pumpkins are cool? Or, like, what about the flavor itself? Never had it. <gasps> yeah. All right, so, we'll, uh, Lindsay, I will, I will I'm purchase. I'm a weird guy, Lindsay. I will purchase <laughs> Cam. Should I get him the cold brew or just a, a, a standard PSL? You should, you should get him a pumpkin spice frappuccino. Oh, like just like a pumpkin milkshake. I won't drink it. You, you, why, what, what part of that won't you like? Everything. You don't like coffee, you don't like pumpkins, no, and you don't like I, delicious I, sweet things? I hate coffee. Well, good thing it doesn't taste like coffee, then. I'm a weird okay, guy, well, man. we're grown-ups, Cam, so you've got to be with <laughs> Yeah, Everybody tells me that. Yeah, I'm a weird guy. I'm a weird guy. Yeah, good, good thing it doesn't taste like pumpkins at all. So there we go. It, it, always pumpkin season. I did tell Lindsay, pumpkin candles, if you just want to feel like it's fall season, Every Elite. single day in your house. They're, they're so cozy. Right. It's just, it, it, it'll completely change your perspective. It can be 95 degrees in the middle of June, but you go inside in the air conditioning and you, and you get it real low and you light a pumpkin, or just a pumpkin candle, and then you put on the hoodie. All of a sudden, it's October. <laughs> we're just, we're, Cam, I know you got that new apartment in Savannah. We're just, we're trying to give you 
some uh -oh. advice. Because if you let it, it'll feel like summer for 10 months a year. I'm playing a game right now. Listen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely don't want it to feel like 10 months of summer. Yeah, it'll so, feel like 10 no. months of summer down here if you let it. All right, Lindsay, moving on. Let's uh, let's talk about the important stuff. High school football coming up uh, this week. And I guess, is this technically week one and last week was week zero? I... Yes, te technically. See, she, she has to be actually correct on this. It, I'll, I'm going to call last week week one, and I'm going to call this uh, week two. We've had... I mean, last week was the first week, but it was week zero. But did so the did the games count? Did the games count? They they did count. They did count. Okay, so like zero is the absence of something. Look, you're arguing with me. I agree with you. It is what it is, but they call it week zero. So, all right. Well, I'm, I agree with you. We're we're gonna just go ahead and say because it's the second week of ESPN in high school. I hate game week day. zero. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna call it week two. We have we yeah, have yeah, another this slate. First week. This is the second week. Yes. So and we're carrying uh, Benedictine. Obviously, we came the home of BC. Uh, this past off season, so we'll have every football game. Kevin Thomas and myself will be on the call tomorrow night, and y'all uh, announced that as y'all's featured game. That's our game of the week as well. Yeah, yeah that's y'all's featured game. So we'll be, uh, I'll be up in the press box, throwing paper airplanes at Lindsay while she's trying to work on the sideline. Uh, just give us your brief overview on that. Two really talented teams, obviously Holden Garner, the Auburn commit, but Columbus from Miami coming to town. They have a Yale commit at quarterback, which I mean guaranteed makes him smarter than anybody on this broadcast uh right now but what what's your just quick Speak overview uh i mean listen kentucky yale like go cats baby <laughs> no yeah, but yeah, you know. i mean columbus is a really good team jake and i were doing a little research before i came out here and i mean they're like class 8a in florida which right. is just absolutely huge um I expect them to present a really, really, really tough challenge for BC. And they actually had the number one overall, I think, offensive tackle uh, in the country until he transferred in the offseason. So uh, lucky for the cadets there that he's gone. Um, but, I mean, they've got a lot of really talented guys. And BC does too, but I don't know how deep uh, – Carver Columbus, or not Carver Columbus, excuse me, Christopher Columbus. There we go. Rotation goes, um, but man, they've got a lot of players on that team. <laughs> and uh, the advantage, I think, because BC obviously had hoped to have a game before this last week. They were supposed to play Burt County, which was postponed due to COVID. Right. So I think the advantage here is that Columbus has also not played a game. You know, I think you see week one, week zero, whatever, the first game for every team. Um, is when they're ironing out a lot of hiccups. You see a lot of penalties, a lot of small mistakes that they wouldn't normally make once you get into the swing of the season. And so I think the fact that neither team has had a game going into this one is is helpful um, for BC. That's that's an advantage. Again, you'll be able to hear that kickoff actually moved up to six thirty. Uh, so right after three and out tomorrow. Uh, at 6 o'clock, Kevin Thomas and myself will be on the pregame, and then we'll have kickoff for you of that one coming up at 6.30. But also a ton of other games uh, going on around the area. Lindsay, which games are you keeping an eye on? Oh, man, our schedule is – Well, I mean, obviously you're keeping ones. an eye on all of them, but – Right. Our, our other big one was supposed to be the uh, rivalry Bradwell at Liberty County, which was also called off yesterday due to COVID. So we've got people going to shoot um, – Effingham County at Beaufort. We've got pretty much all the Savannah games. Right. Um, 
interesting uh, Bethesda at St. Andrews. St. Andrews has a new coach this year, and Bethesda has a former offensive lineman playing quarterback. So, oh. um, very interested to see that. Oh, so that Antoine makes my K, heart. That makes my heart happy. Is yeah, he still Antoine wearing the K number? Was their quarterback. I don't know. He graduated, probably one of their best players in school history. Um, so they're now replacing him with a guy who's played like six different positions, including. I hope he's wearing line. like number sixty-seven and playing yeah, quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Re- we'll check the highlights tomorrow night because we're going to be there. Um, Savannah High kicks off their season tomorrow against an interesting uh, school. Like yeah, uh, South Effingham Metter should be a good yeah. one. Um, we're going to be at that one. We've got, like I said, the slate is kind of ever changing right now. My brain is just like a, j- a jumble trying to keep up yeah. with it all. Um, but but yeah, a lot of a lot of really good games coming up this week. Again, a full slate coming up for you uh, for high school football. PJ Zuko tonight. Uh, we'll have high school first look, so he'll keep you up to date with all of the cancellations uh, going on. And yeah, just I was surprised, Cam. I didn't know. Ware County, because I know they, were, I knew they were looking for a game because they're going to play a team out of Florida. It's actually the second year in a row that team has canceled on them. They're going to play a team out of Florida, and they got it canceled. And so within a week, they're now hosting Eagle Land, Eagles Landing Christian, which oh, Elka. I mean, that's going to be a hell of a game. I mean, if you put that on the schedule before the season started, that's probably yeah. a top fifteen game in the state of Georgia, like just a regular season matchup. So uh, that, yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. All right, Lindsay, let's talk about what you really want to talk about coming on here. How are the Kentucky Wildcats going to be in Atlanta at the end of this season playing Alabama for the SEC championship? Honestly, they're not. <laughs> if I'm being realistic, but I would love that. Um, to be honest, I've been so tied up in all of our stuff down here. I haven't really got to like dive into the Cats preseason stuff too much. They lost a lot of parts. Um, you know, we've covered Jamin Davis down here out mm-hmm. of Long County. He got drafted number 19 overall to Washington. Uh, that's a big part for the Cats. Um, so they're, they're replacing a lot of pieces, but they returned some pretty good pieces. The quarterback battle is literally always, always, always a question in Lexington, like always. Um so it'll be interesting. I, but, don't, I really don't know what to expect from them. But you got your friends. guy now. Like you, you got your quarterback. Uh, Liam Cohen's coming in as offensive coordinator. I mean, Kentucky's going to go back to being a passing football team, which I assume when you were, like, very young. like do you, know how, do you know how many times they said this, though? Is, it, is this one of these, like, every year thing, like where Georgia says they're going to open well, up the offense? They, so they said they're going to do the air raid when I was in college. Neil Brown was the offensive coordinator, and they're like, we're bringing back the air raid. We had an air raid, siren at games, like everything. Did they pass the ball? No. No, they didn't. We had JoJo Camp. We had Boom Williams. We kept recruiting all these running backs. We kept handing off the ball. We didn't throw the ball. So I'll believe we have a passing offense when I see it. Lindsay, Kentucky's had some of like the coolest overtime wins I've ever seen in my life. We were talking about 2007 on the show yesterday when y'all beat uh, the eventual national champion LSU in triple overtime. Like Kentucky is a fun football team. Like I know you're coming in here like an Atlanta sports fan, and it's already woe is me. Yeah, they're gonna open it up. I think Stoops is one of the more. They hurt consistent- me so many times. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I can. Listen, I, I can be empathetic with that one. I know exactly uh, how that feels. But, I mean, you're going to open it up. Stoops is one of the more consistent coaches in the SEC. I think there's a legitimate shot. And I know it was, what, the first time in 38 years, a couple years ago, that y'all beat Florida. I think there's a legitimate mm-hmm. shot. If y'all can beat Florida, y'all finish second in the SEC East. Yeah, that's helpful. And 
Tennessee kind of being a disaster. Well, also every other school out. in the East being a disaster. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, hopefully we can extend our um, winning against South Carolina because our Augusta station, the weekend sports anchor there is a South Carolina grad and wants to like put a wager on that where like if Kentucky loses, Can I have I- to wear a South Carolina shirt on Twitter and nah. vice versa. So I, I'm going to need my cats to come through for Can that. I tell you what we do here? When we say we're going to put some cheese on a game, we literally mean we put cheese on a game. Like, it. PJ has paid me out and smoked Gouda before. Oh, huh. So, I Creative. mean, if y'all want to put some cheese on a game, I think that's the way to go about it. And then I think, do like fancy cheese. Yeah, and then they can just sh- ship you a nice charcuterie board, and uh, you'll call it even. So, again, there you go. All right, Lindsay, go, or Lindsay Goff, excuse me, from WTOC, joining us here on the show. Lindsay, before we let them go, just tell everybody where they can find your stuff. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, um, so our Friday night football coverage starts during the news at 11, around 11.15 every Friday night. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at LG on TV or at WTOC Sports. Um, I have a Facebook page at LGOF WTOC, WTOC Sports, or WTOC.com slash sports, my bad. Um, yeah, you can pretty much find everything you need there. And again, you'll be able to find myself, Kevin Thomas, Lindsay, and a majority of the city of Savannah out at Memorial <laughs> Stadium on Friday night uh, for BC and Columbus. Lindsay, we really appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. We got more to come here on second down. We'll dive into some NFL preseason talk here in a little bit. Are you worried that the Falcons haven't played their starters yet and doesn't look like they plan to in the preseason? We'll dive into that and some more college football talk next here on second down. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Got a lot to dive into here. I want to talk about the Falcons preseason a little bit. Uh, are you worried at all that the starters haven't played yet? We'll dive into that. Also, we have some over-unders to get into from the NFL that I'm excited about. And a little bit later on 3 and Out, uh, we'll be joined by Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com to talk about the biggest headlines as we're, what, nine days away now from Georgia-Clemson, Miami-Alabama. I know we have college football this weekend, and we're going to do some picks tomorrow. We're we're going to get warmed up with some picks tomorrow. Basically, we're going to use this coming Friday as our warm-up for the full season of pick-ems. Are they going to count? No, that's what I'm saying. So it's a warm-up. This is our scrimmage. So we can cut. Yeah. So you can so you can kind of dial in your uh, your point spreads and all that. Because that kind of messed you guys up last year. We were talking about this a, a couple days ago. The old uh, backdoor cover. Uh, I think yeah, Tennessee, that's what hurts me. Ten, I think there's a couple last year, like Tennessee against Georgia. Like everybody obviously would pick Georgia in that game, and most people in here picked Georgia with the spread. And I think I was the only person who picked Tennessee because I'm like, Georgia has a pretty good offense, but not a great offense. And they also have a habit of, no pun intended, calling off the dogs with big I said no pun intended PJ that doesn't mean anything man like most of the time when people say no pun intended I'm like you can figure out something PJ's uh PJ's mic's not plugged in so we got that going for us here uh but again big games coming up all over the place uh this Friday night PJ will be on the call of <laughs> I don't think PJ's going to be able to figure this out the way I have this set up <laughs> at all Cam, while I help out PJ, while I help out PJ, please tell me more 
about your fear of coffee, pumpkins, and anything sweet? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a fear. I just, you know, I just don't like different things. I'm a simple guy, simple person. Uh, I don't really like tasting or drinking different things. And coffee is just outright disgusting. Uh, many have tried. If you're watching, you know who you are. Many have tried, but I'm not a coffee guy. I'm more so just a give me a smoothie and that's about it. Uh, that's why I take a, a smoothie and maybe some hot chocolate during the winter time. But coffee, that's never been me. That's I've never, never had any luck with that. I think we may have PJ Zuko back. That was pretty good. Yeah. Can you give me a test there, PJ? What? What do you say about coffee? Yeah, Cam and doesn't sweet drink things. Cam doesn't drink coffee. Okay, I. Uh, no. Although no. I don't know how y'all function. Like I, I, I really, I don't know how you guys wake up in the morning and are just like, oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about it. That's um, how I am. I don't get it. But hold on, I just want to press pause. <laughs> what, is, what is going on? Oh. Uh, <laughs> what? I was no, let's just keep going. No, because this is this is an auditory medium, <laughs> and so this. for the most part, except for the few people watching on the video stream. Uh, this is going out to the masses, <laughs> and they, they can't see what's happening in the studio. We had a cord that had to be replaced uh, for one of the microphones, but then we ended up plugging it into another port. Cam's currently using that one, and we never actually replaced the cord for the mic PJ was currently using. And now we finally have. We just happened to do that oh, okay. during the middle of the show. Right, right. You had me freaking out again. Because you said we never really replaced it, and I was like, did we not replace it? <laughs> I thought no, we they, could, they can hear you. I can see you on the meter and the board, so, I mean, we're good. There we go. But, again, that was just that – it's just one of those things. That was hilarious, yeah. This is one of those moments for sure. And now we're talking about coffee, which I, I don't – I just I, – I don't know how people function without it, but I get it. Like, more power to you, basically. I, 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 don't, I don't say that as a bad thing. It's like, it's like people that don't like chocolate, right? I don't know how, but if you can stay away from it, but I mean, probably a good thing, I guess. W- what we were talking about is the old pumpkin spice lattes. Right, yeah. Which, okay, how do you, feel, how do you feel about that? I like, here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people hate on things because they're like either popular or, or like they, they want to be obscure or whatever, or they just don't like... They don't like thriving in season. You know what I mean? Yeah, they try not to. It's like with music. They try not to like something that everyone else likes. I'm the complete opposite of that. Like anything. Now, I I don't know. I I get like new music. No, no, no. I get like new music and things like that. I'll take a little bit to listen to it or like a new movie or what. Because I don't I don't want to just go with the flow in that sense. Like I don't want outside pressure to try and like peer pressure me into how I take in something like that like entertainment so you haven't watched every episode of the outer Banks yet no i've never watched i'm not probably not no, going see, to now, now he's a tv hipster here we go no it's not even that it's just like see at least cam people, just doesn't do anything a lot of people Cam's have told consistent me, yeah yeah well there that's cool go. i mean I'm good, a consistent good, fellow. good for you i'm just saying like when it comes to seasons man especially like pumpkin whatever i don't care if it tastes good man i'm consuming it and i love pumpkin so I don't care what anybody else says. Like, yeah, I'm getting in line for a pumpkin spice latte every day that I can. So, and so the point is... Same thing with, like, eggnog and Christmas or oh whatever. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Can Let's I go. eat a eggnog? Eh, it's okay. Oh, so you have tried it, though? Yeah, I've tried okay, it. Okay, all right. See, I've he's tried. never tried 
the old PSL. Come on now, so. So I told him we're gonna I'm gonna bring him one and, and it's yeah. and we're gonna we're, he's gonna try it on the show tomorrow. Do you just not like pumpkin? Is that it, or do you just not like sweet things? I've never had pumpkin. I don't like coffee. I don't like a lot of things. Let's put it like that. <laughs> I don't I don't like a lot of things. But now, he's if I throw actually up starting on the to show. Sound, it's Christian's fault, guys. <laughs> he's starting to sound a lot like me when I'm not talking about flavored based objects. Like that's well, fair. like I don't like a lot of things I either. Don't. But that's normally other stuff that doesn't include food, but or drinks. But nah, I mean we got pumpkin to me is like one of the one of the best flavors ever. Period. One of the best smells. You like, pump, pumpkin like a pie pumpkin can? candle. Ugh, no. You, I hate pie. You hate pie? Uh, yes. <laughs> you didn't even, I, don't, I, I, I hate pie. I expected them to Who hates pie? <laughs> Me. I tried to tell you guys I'm different. I thought he was going to say, I, no, I hate pumpkin pie, or I hate pumpkins. No. <laughs> I don't like general, pie. anything in a pie dish that's baked, Cam's not here for it. So chicken pot pie. Okay, that's decent. That's okay. That's elite. That ain't decent. That's elite. You don't like Stacey. dessert pies? No. <laughs> Heck no. No. I don't really Man. I don't really eat dessert like that anyway, but nah. Really? Yeah. Again, again, probably eat, a good thing. I'll probably eat healthier like, for you. Mm, maybe some chocolate cake. That's it. Every blue moon. That's it. I don't eat ice cream like that. Nah. So it's not once in a blue moon, it's every blue moon that you do it? Yeah, every blue moon. Right. Not once in a blue moon, every blue so moon. So yeah, that's a pretty stringent schedule. Yeah. It's the moon. Every every oh, single blue moon. Cam yeah. eating chocolate cake. So this is where I expected to, this conversation to be today. I do have some prop bets I want to get into you with you guys. Uh, these are from Caesars in Vegas. Uh, we're just one more preseason game away from getting into the NFL season. And so some local ones that I wanted to dive into here quickly. Jaguars win total. Over under six games for the Jags. This is easy. Under. Easy under. Yeah, easy under. They got I, two games against the Texans, man. They they lose one of those two games. I guarantee it. I guarantee you. Um, Cam come with some stone cold locks here. I, I think Trevor Lawrence will be good this year, but um, I, I mean he he's lost Etienne already. Has a bad old line. Uh, not a f- very functioning, very well organization just yet. In my opinion, Urban Meyer is a first year head coach. He's gonna feel what it feels like to lose for the first time in his life because Urban Meyer is always winning. But I say um, under. It's, it's going to be a tough year for the Jags. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I was debating the whole time he was he was talking there. Um, I guess I'll go with under as well. I want to go with over because I feel like they can beat the Texans twice. I feel like they can beat the Colts twice. Um, but with the injury, especially to Travis Etienne, um, you know, and I know he he might have not come out and rushed for 2,000 yards this year, but he I feel like he was going to be a pretty big impact on the offense. Um, I, I don't know how much I trust the defense or how much I trust Trevor Lawrence at this point. I think he's going to come in, and by the end of the year, he'll be he'll be working really well and, and hopefully offensively click, clicking on all cylinders. But I don't know if that will happen enough to carry the team to over six. So... I would say under. For, for the sake of not going with a push, I would say under. I can very confidently say they're going to win less than three games. Yeah. I wouldn't be, I, I like, wouldn't be shocked. You, I think they might get one from the Texans, and it probably won't be the first game because of just how bad this team's looked yeah. through the preseason. 
And the Texans aren't anything to write home about. The Texans, I think it's one of the prop bets on here, the Texans are going to be the lowest scoring team in the NFL. I mean, they it's like plus 450 for them as the lowest scoring team in the NFL. The Jaguars are bad, and it's not just the roster. This offense so far, and for everyone out there it's like, oh, it's the preseason, you don't want to show your cards. They haven't shown anything. Yeah. And it's getting lined up for a team that supposedly wants to go fast. They can't go fast. This is not a good football team, and I'm legitimately concerned about the coaching staff because now Pete Briscoe is coming out and reporting that there's players inside of the Jaguars organization who are already just kind of clowning Urban Meyer for some of the approaches he has at practice and the way he's approaching offense in the NFL. So, I mean, I think this is something where everyone was amped up because Urban Meyer is such a huge football name, but he's never been an NFL name, and we typically don't see college coaches work out well in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And so for whatever reason, we gave Urban Meyer the benefit of the doubt. I think this is setting up to where this could be a potential disaster for the next two or three seasons, where it's just bad. And all of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence is, yeah, he's the number one overall pick, but then we're starting to talk about him being like third offensive coordinator in five years kind of a deal. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the first thing that happens. It'll be – it won't be Urban Meyer's fault. They'll fire the offensive coordinator. Of course. Bring in another offensive coordinator. When that doesn't work out, and after they fired everyone else they can fire before Urban, Urban will get the boot, and then you'll move on to the next guy. Right? I understand Jaguars fans are excited because you have Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. That's really cool in college football. Right. Like, if you had Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence in college football, like, last year, yeah. elite. Mm-hmm. Elite. Best of the best. Don't mean squat in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. You know how many combined quarters those two guys have in the NFL? Zero. Zero. Different yep. ball game, Yeah, man. so now all of a sudden they're supposed to take a team that was the worst team in the NFL, lost a bunch of players, and they're going to win six football games? Yeah. No, nah, I think this is this is setting up to be a really bad team. All right, Falcons win total over under seven and a half. Ooh, I I'm gonna go over. I actually think this is a um, eight nine win team, so that's middle of the pack, eight and nine, nine and eight. I, I just I think they have enough on offense. If you look at their schedule, I see four lock ins already. Uh, I see the Lions, Jags. Um, I think the Eagles first game of the season is lock in, and I think the Jets. Wow. I think those four games are lock in wins. And the Jets in London? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Home field advantage. Um, the Eagles is the only one I'm weary about, but I think those four are lock-ins and get me four or five more games, which I think you probably can. So I say over about eight or nine games and maybe see them in the wild card. You never know. I'll say over for the Falcons because and this not, might be a, a weird reason, but I'll say over because to me every year they should be over. Yeah. Like every year yeah. coming into the season, I'm like, Man, looking at this roster, looking at how everything's put together, whew, the Falcons can be dangerous. And, and then look at the look at the first line of the depth chart. Don't look after that. <laughs> right. You stop. Well, that's why it's been so surprising. Um, su- surprising if you look at like the preseason and whatnot over the past four or five years of of the struggles. Is every time I'm like, man, on paper this team should be really good. Even defensively, a few years ago, I was like, man, this team should be really good. And and for whatever reason. They just haven't been able to hit their marks, and you've seen change after change because of that. Uh, so, to me, yeah, should be a, a over uh, eight win team, especially when you look at the, the offensive firepower they have. Will that happen? We'll see. But uh, for me, yeah, it's it's eight nine eight nine wins easy. I think it's over, but just over. Yeah. Like maybe eight wins, 
maybe nine wins, just over. Uh, I think they're around a 500 team just because of that depth. They Again, if you look at the first part of the depth chart, just that first line, pretty good on defense, and I think they're really good on offense. I think the offensive line is going to surprise some people this year. I really like the Mike Davis edition. Uh, you have some good wide receivers outside of Calvin Ridley. Really excited to see Kyle Pitts. And then when you look around the division, Obviously, you start with the Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers are head and shoulders above everyone else in the division. But can mm-hmm. you tell me the Saints or the Panthers are significantly better than the Falcons, if at all? Because no. if I if I told you it's three teams, one of them's quarterbacked by Matt Ryan, one of them's quarterbacked by Sam Darnold, and the other one's quarterbacked by Winston. Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Yep. I think they have more question marks on their team than than the Falcons do on their teams than. The Falcons do I'd by any means. Both of them by a, probably by a wide have margin. better defenses. Yeah, Saints especially. Yeah. yeah, that defensive line for the Saints is is still secondary, pretty secondary still pretty now. damn good. They've lost some guys in the secondary though, just to mm-hmm. cap restrictions, I guess, just yeah. cap casualties, uh, and then the whole drama with Michael Thomas right now with the Saints. I, I think the Falcons are the second best team in the NFC South. Ooh. And so, with that being said, I I think it's like you said, you have a pretty relatively weak schedule outside of your division yeah and so if you can take advantage of that and then split the games in your division i think you're looking at an eight nine win falcons team so i'm taking the over on that and i do want to stick with the falcons here arthur smith coming out and saying we might see the starters play a little bit in the falcons last exhibition game but i really wonder if that's just him messing with the media or just giving coach speak like i haven't decided yet because he hasn't had any kind of indication or inkling that he's going to play the starters in the preseason. We haven't seen him so far. Kyle Pitts hasn't lined up for a snap yet. Matt Ryan hasn't taken a snap yet, right? I really wonder if it's a couple of things. One, you don't have a ton of depth, so you can't risk something stupid happening to somebody because if Calvin Ridley or Kyle Pitts go down in the preseason, that's a huge shot. Like that, that, That's going to take a lot to overcome. The other thing is I wonder if Arthur Smith is comfortable with what he has seen so far, specifically from the offense, mm-hmm. in some of these training camp days, and then like where you go with the the head to head with Miami, and so you have Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts going head to head with a couple of the better corners in the league. I wonder if what he saw there made him comfortable with, hey, I don't I don't need to play these guys in a preseason game where it doesn't matter. I'm not going to show anybody anything anyway, and we kind of still have a little bit of a shaky offensive line. So what's the point? I I. I'm hoping it's that they've looked good enough that he doesn't need to see them in the preseason. Yeah, I, I hope he has something deep in his bag in that playbook uh, for week one and the rest of the season. So I, uh, uh, people have came to me and said, are you nervous? I'm like, I'm just in between. I'm neutral on this because we could come out and we could look You're great not allowed to be one. neutral on Sports Talk Radio, Cam. <laughs> I, I have to be neutral on this because if you say, oh, do, do you want the Stars to play week three of the preseason? No. Because where something happens now, I mean, if you're not playing them week one or two, you might as well. Well, be Arthur week Smith kind of said that the notion of starting the the starters and having them play a significant amount of time yeah. in the third preseason game is kind of antiquated. At this point, we don't really see that anymore. Like, if you have a, a new quarterback coming, in, like a Trevor Lawrence, or you actually yeah. have like a legitimate battle, maybe. When you have a guy who's coming into his 14th year in the NFL, PJ, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't see the point of playing him. Well, I think that that's the biggest thing that you, you kept talking about with just him seeing what he needs to from the team already, specifically the offense and that experience from the offense itself. I mean, look around. Uh, even even Calvin Ridley has now been in the league a few years. Like, th- these are guys that know what's going on, know the system. I mean, the only guy 
that, that's that's really new there on that side of the ball is Kyle Pitts, and you're confident in his level to, to be able to get in there, learn the offense, and figure out what's going on, especially with a leader like Matt Ryan behind him who's, who's going to you know let him know what's up. So, yeah, I, I think that is a big point of it, the experience, and also, yeah, looking around and, and seeing how many injuries there were last year throughout the course of the year, how many injuries there have been during this preseason. Yeah, just down the road, again, Travis, Travis Etienne, uh, you know, a, a huge rookie for the Jaguars who, who's going to uh, carry a good load, I think, uh, of that offense, not only carrying the ball, but but also receiving the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. You know, you see him go down. Well, you've already like, had I, a significant I, injury this preseason in A.J. McCarron. Yeah, exactly. Like, imagine so, if that's Matt Ryan. Right. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't want to see that at all on either side of the ball. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you on kind of both of those. Uh, but I think, yeah, two, two of the biggest things for sure are injuries and experience with this ball club. I'd be very confident with kind of what I had going in to the season, knowing that at the end of the day, these guys know what to yeah. expect out of a regular season in the NFL. Now, do I still think the preseason has value? For sure. I think it's good yeah. reps for uh, guys who are fighting for jobs. It gives you more tape to evaluate, again, for some of those guys that you're not quite certain on. And it just it gives you, I think, more so than anything. I spoke to a, a, a few coaches about this over the past couple of years. These preseason games give you a chance as kind of dress rehearsals, not just for your team in game, but for the entire organization about all the new COVID guidelines and how we're transporting uh, equipment uh, from the locker rooms. And I understand it's the NFL and everything's amazing and ungodly with the amount of money they spend, but it just, especially with a new coach like Arthur Smith, gives you three chances to go out there, be the head coach, have the headset on, communicate, figure out what you like, figure out what you don't like, and then have it locked in and dialed in before you get to the first regular season game. I think that's pretty big. I mean, Matt Ryan kind of spoke about this. He said he wouldn't be bothered if he doesn't take a snap in the preseason because he never got to in college, and he was still pretty damn good in college. But I do think there are some benefits, but it's mostly organizational, and it's like Mm -hmm. getting the packages you want to in and signaling in the plays. uh, I understand you can communicate with the headsets with defense, but just like after they turn that off, I think it's what, either 14 or 12 seconds left on the play clock, they shut the headset down for the linebacker and for the quarterback – just getting that communication in with your guys for adjustments. I think that's big during the preseason. It allows you to, to switch some stuff up. Now, if you're like a Bill Belichick and you've been doing this for 75 years, do you necessarily need a preseason? No. No. But are there probably some new coaches on your coaching staff who need a little bit of seasoning before you get to the regular season? Probably. So I do think there are some values to it. Uh, maybe we see it go down to two games in the future or maybe even one game, just give you one run through to get a little bit of stuff figured out. I think it'll kind of go with where the TV money is at. Like, if the NFL is not making a ton of money off of the preseason, they're not going to fight too hard to keep it, I don't think. But I do think it holds some value. We've got more to come here on Second Down. We'll dive in to a very important conversation when we come back next. Put this one up there with the old uh, leadership reps of Tennessee lore. <laughs> this is from Tom Green on Twitter. PJ and I were just talking about this. Uh Man, you're, you're the new head coach at a school whose biggest rival is Alabama and Nick Saban. All right, Brian Harson. I really want to believe in you, but, again, this is from Tom Green on Twitter. Brian Harson installed a sign in the elevator of the athletics complex saying, it's for injured players only. Everyone else has to take the stairs. He wants that, quote, blue-collar mentality on his team. Estimates he climbs the stairs 18 times a day. While you're worried about that, Nick Saban's out there probably signing the greatest recruiting class in the history of the universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
and getting prepared to win another SEC West championship and probably be in the college football playoff again. So just yeah, winning another natty. Just by simply going out and winning everything he does and letting 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 the students and players be themselves while also implementing, you know, of course his his system and grit on uh, the football field. Yeah, on the football yeah, field. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're well, that's the important thing. Just so many questions, but that stuff like that kind of makes me shake my head a little bit. Again, big <laughs> big leadership rep vibes there uh, from old Brian Harson and Auburn. I did want to ask you guys quickly here. Today's a very important day. It's National Dog Day. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. So my dog's getting a lot of treats when I get home. Nice. But <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I want to ask you this. Who has the best live dog mascot in football? Oh, man. I think most people will go with Ugga. I think Ugga's been voted by Sports Illustrated as the best live mascot, period, which sure love Ugga, but, I mean, to me, nothing beats Ralphie at Colorado. They have a damn buffalo. The buffalo is incredible. Like I, a, they have an actual buffalo that runs on the field, but sticking to live dog mascots, yeah. who who has the best live dog mascot? What's hilarious is, like, I, <laughs> I'm going to make a lot of people mad. I, I don't like Ugga. I just don't. Well, it's fine, PJ, because Ugga doesn't like you either. That's okay. It's all right. I have a problem with like, <laughs> I have a problem with just like bulldogs in general. But <laughs> all right, we'll anyway, get, we'll, we'll dive into that on a separate show. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but the best one—that's a good question. Um, I do love huskies, man. Like huskies are, are like my favorite dog of all time. So I'm pretty sure Yukon has a husky. They do, and yeah. he's got like a very generic name. <laughs> it, it, it's like I'm it's not sure like, what it is. It's like that's how that's no, how much like, it's I enjoy. Literally him. Like Jake or something like that. Like, right. That's, Jake the dog. That's how much I enjoy him. Is I don't know his name. Cam, quickly but, here. We got 30 seconds. Ugga. Ugga's the best. Yeah. That's what I, I grew up with. I think there's I so I think there's so many good ones. I mean, Smokey at Tennessee. That's all. Yeah. He's a great, he's great one. Like the the video of him like with the uh, with the blanket around him when he's like cold during a Tennessee game just makes my heart happy. Revelry out at uh, Texas A&M. The collie. Yeah. Just a gorgeous dog. Yeah. Beautiful dog. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nice, it, it's a nice looking dog. It's is Old Dan the one at Mississippi State? Oh, I'm not I, sure. I believe it's Old Dan. At it's Mississippi probably State. a bulldog, though, Hanson, right? No, yeah. Handsome Dan's at yeah. Yale. And then they have. We'll take a break. We'll come back. I'll get you the actual name for Mississippi State. So Mississippi State has another bulldog as well. But if I had to go with one outside of Ugga, because he's the undisputed heavyweight champ, uh, Smokey at Tennessee. That's a, that's, a, that's a good dog right there. We'll be right back after this. All right, I have a couple of corrections to make. I, I, I want to apologize to anyone out there listening who's a fan of these schools. It's bully at Mississippi State. Bully the bulldog at mm-hmm. Mississippi State, and it's Jonathan the Husky at UConn. I, I, I find it hilarious that it's Jonathan the Husky, but... He's so basic, yeah. Some other ones that people have sent me, you have Tuffy at NC State, which Tuffy looks like... It's pretty uh, good. like that. Yeah, Tuffy looks like it was one of the dire wolves from Game of Thrones, so I mean... Epic. It's tough. It's... Oh. It's tough to beat Tuffy. Can I change my answer? Because I, like yes. I like his name more, too. I didn't know he existed. Tuffy. Tuffy's, Tuffy's a really uh, solid one. I yeah. like Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan makes me happy. Uh, and then this one really makes me happy. Uh, Eastern New Mexico State, they're the Greyhounds, and they actually have two Okay. Greyhounds. Yeah. First one's name is Vic. 
Or I should say the first. One of their names is Vic. Right. The other one's name is Tori. Wow. Vic Tori. Okay. It's solid. Cool. Okay. It's All right. Solid. Understandable. I like the fact that they have multiple, though. Cool. Right? Because they're not the Greyhound. The Greyhounds having multiple. I like that. Oh, yeah. There's a, there are so many. There's actually more Huskies than I thought. Uh, oh, yeah. There's and, a ton. And actually, Washington are the, uh, is an Alaskan Malmute. Oh man, it's theirs. Yeah, and his Holy name is cow. Dubs. So you know, just a lot of good dogs. <laughs> just a lot sense. of a lot of good dogs out there in college football. Can't wait to see them back on the sidelines coming up here with college football starting this weekend, and then everyone else kicking off next weekend. So really excited about that. Big show coming up today on Three and Out. Adam Rittenberg from ESPN.com will join the show to preview uh, this college football season. We'll also catch up with Mike Griffith from Dog Nation as well. All that up next on Three and Out.